This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. can do anything. He'll take another step forward in the championship, but what he does do is win the Endurance Cup here on the Gold Coast. Aaron Love wins again. 9.1 seconds, the biggest winning margin of the season. But with Sonic, he's put their best foot forward in 2022. He'll win, rightfully, another race this year. Yes, last year he absolutely wowed the Porsche Carrera Cup field and this year he'll be taking to the endurance races at Sandown and Bathurst with Jake Kostecki in a Blanchard Racing-backed Mustang. Please welcome to the driver's seat for the first time the one and only Aaron Love. G'day boys, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Mate, uh, it's Matty Mack speaking and as I said to Stevie J at the kickoff of the start of this show... Uh, I hope you as a young fella, Aaron Love, have learned your lesson that when you put a bet on the line, as I did, that a Mustang was going to win on the weekend, you come good. So I've come good with a few big Macs, mate, and you are going to learn that lesson. You, you, you commit to something and you're going to do it. And uh, now you're in the Blanchard Racing Team. You're stepping up your wild card. How good is your career going? He's in a Mustang. <laughs> well, he's in a Mustang, <laughs> He might need a big Mac. You poor bugger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been a bit different for the past years being in a supercar, but um, like I made the decision to come back to Australia because I wasn't exactly enjoying myself as much as I thought I was going to be over in Europe. So as to date, I'm definitely enjoying working with Tim and the rest of the team at Blanchard Racing Team. Hey, mate, uh, obviously a big step. Well, some say it's a big step, step. Some say it's not as big. Obviously, Carrera Cup last year, you you know, you uh, you had that uh, that car and that series really down pat. I mean, you were the benchmark there. You missed two events. You finished second in the championship still. You would have absolutely cleaned up if you actually did all the events. Um, obviously, jumping across into a Super 2 Mustang this year, I mean, what's – is it a bigger step than you thought it was going to be coming out of Carrera Cup? Um, a little bit, yes. Um, like – the, I spent a lot of time in Career Cup, so I obviously developed a fairly decent skill set um, on learning how to tune the car up and getting a really good feel of what a cup car needs. So jumping into a supercar was definitely fairly foreign at the start and not getting, you know, I guess it was pretty easy to get carried away with I think this might be what the feel is when I probably should have just been focusing more on the driving, um, which I've sort of realised over the past couple of rounds. But, um, yeah, it's been a big jump, but it definitely wasn't something out of this world. Like, I've driven a few other cars, like a GT car and a couple of Formula cars. So jumping in and out of a different car wasn't entirely different for myself. But saying that, it's, you know, as far polar off as you could get to a cup car the engine's in the front you've got a gear stick in the middle you've got anti-roll bars that you can change on the fly and a million things you could change with the car in terms of setup and 
just just about everything that you can do in a supercar, you can't yep. do in a cup car. And then what you can do in a cup car, you can't do in a supercar. So <laughs> it's been a big journey so far. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to keeping on going. And, mate, what about the decision? I mean, you and I, I know you and I have spoken about it um, just in private. But um, let everybody know what your decision was. You know, you... You did some races overseas. You did some Super Cup, poor Super Cup races last year. Went extremely well. Most likely would have, um, could have quite easily had the opportunity to stay over there. Um, your brother Jordan's over there doing GT3, and, and that's sort of where his backyard is now. He wants to be over there doing that. You've decided to come home, give Super 2 a crack, try to align yourself with the Supercar team in the, in the hope of, uh, obviously, in the next couple of years, being on the main game grid. What's um? Give us a bit of a snapshot of your decision there. Is that is that a conscious conscious decision that you wanted to stay at home more, or you you would prefer the supercar racing, or what, what was the the story behind that? Um, being close to home wasn't really part of the thought process. It was more to do with the racing. Like I did my the championships was the biggest focus last year was French Tour Cup and then the guest rounds in Super Cup. Um. And then the Australian Career Cup stuff just kept on building throughout the year um, with Sonic and Rodney Jane for Bob Jane team up. So I sort of got halfway through the year and I'm pretty sure it was at about um, Tail and Bend um, last year where I had a bit of, you know, sat down and had a really good think and thought about the year so far and the racing that I'd done over there and working with the teams over there and, also getting a first-hand experience with the GT world. So just being able to see Jordan and what he does day-to-day at a race meeting, but then also being able to speak to a few other drivers of Jackson Evans, who I knew prior to going over there, but also drivers like um, Jordan Pepper, who's also quite successful in GT3. So after getting a really good insight of you know what racing's like over there, I soon figured out it probably wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and I probably had a hard think about, you know, did I actually really want to go over there to start with? At the moment, uh, in the moment, yes, I did. But um, when I thought about it, supercars always really appealed to me with the racing, um, but also it's down to the driver a lot. You know, you don't have lots of co-drivers like in GT car and, it sounds a little bit selfish, but for me, that just wasn't really appealing. Um, so, yeah, come Taylor and Ben last year, I think it was actually Mick um, at Sonic who I told first that I wanted to come back. And he sort of look at, looked at me a bit puzzled, like, well, why would you want to do that? So I asked him if he could put me in contact with a couple of people. Obviously, he's, he knows a fair few people up and down the pit lane in supercars, and it all kind of snowballed from there. And how do you go with all the stuff that surrounds racing outside of sitting in the race car? You you're good with the media and the PR stuff, and how do you, how does that sit comfortably? Does that sit comfortably with you? Because more and more, and I think we've seen it this year, Stevie J, with the focus on on Shane Van Gisberg, and that all the stuff that you got to do outside of the car, like it's a, it's a genuine part of your job now. And how do you how do you feel about all that? Are you uh, you're pretty comfortable with doing the media and? the meets and greets and the sponsor stuff and all that kind of thing. And the interviews with driver's seats. <laughs> <laughs> True. 
yeah, like that's obviously a part of it, and I've kind of known that from day dot. It's always been a big thing that Dad's pressed on me, and that everybody's got to like you. Um, but for <laughs> myself, I I have not really got it. Um, you know, talking a lot of stuff, even if it's not true. So I always kind of my whether it's a little bit or not. Um, yeah. So when it comes to doing interviews and all the media and things like that and talking to sponsors, like I'm very happy to do all of that. But if I feel like I want to speak my mind and really want to, you know, set out what's really going on, then I'm kind of happy to do that as well. Um, but when it comes to social media and things like that, I'm not the greatest with it. I tend to just like to take a step back from it because I can kind of see that it could be a potential distraction on a race weekend and, if you get caught up with you know people sending you messages or whatever when you're not at the racetrack i can feel like it it could really hurt some people i don't feel like it would hurt me too much um but i'd prefer to kind of steer clear of that as best i could so but when it comes to media and things like that i you know i love talking to people and meeting new people so yeah i guess it's just kind of part of the job even though it's not really you know a job for us guys as such but um yeah it's it's still a lot of fun doing those types of events and things throughout the weekend and away from racing so you're getting uh mate you're getting some some good miles now in a uh, in a ford mustang uh in super two um you've had a bit of an up and down year i guess when you when you look at the results you know the qualifying has been okay i think your worst qualifying has been a been a p8 um, and most of the time you're sort of around that P4 mark, P4, 5 mark. A couple of, you know, you had a DNF in Townsville, you, you had a, an average uh, first race in Newcastle, but the rest of them have been pretty good, mate. They've been, you know, either on the podium or just outside the podium. So um, that would give you some good confidence moving forward because you've obviously got Sandown and Bathurst coming up, totally different car, um, but a lot longer race as well, you know, so, um, so that's something that you're going to have to get used to. And, and, and what do you, I mean, give us a bit of an idea too. I mean, are you, you know, you, those races are, you know, outside of the realm of what most of the races you can do. So especially in super two, they're only relatively short races. So are you now, I mean, did you get a chance to do some rides at the ride current ride day at, uh, at Eastern Creek on, on Monday? Are you going to get some more laps in those cars to try to give yourself a bit uh, better opportunity to, to do well at uh, San Ana Bathurst? Yeah, like the year started off quite well if you take away the first race at Newcastle. So <laughs> we kind of built up the expectation that we could try and build from that. Um, and obviously in Perth, we we did get a good result, but I think we didn't get, we didn't have the strongest car. Um, like if we were just go and try and win a race on outright pace, I'd struggle to believe that that would have happened. And then Townsville was a short, you know, just short from a disaster. Um, but um, yeah, it's been a big process so far um, in the team building up. It's a lot of new personnel and there's been a few things going on around in the background. Um, but yeah, the team's continuing to get better. I'm getting a better feel from the car. And, yeah, at Sydney, I fortunately got the opportunity um, to jump in the Gen 3 car for five or six rides, I think, at the end of the day, um, which I really enjoyed the car. It was it was really cool. I could almost relate to it closer to a cup car in the old generation cup car to the supercar. Wow. 
wow. um, than I'm driving at the moment. But um, more so because it felt like I had really good drive and afraid to have the re moving around um, a bit. Yeah, right. That's that's really interesting feedback because I don't think we've we've had a cup current cup car driver talk to us about their experience in a Gen three car, no. CVJ. Yeah. So Sorry. that that's that's really interesting feedback. And in fact, one of uh, one of our listeners has texted in number ending in nine six six. Make sure you put your your name to the, your text messages too, folks, so we can give you the credit for it. Um, they were asking whether you had actually driven um, Todd's car, yeah. driven Todd's car at Easy Creek, which you just answered. But I don't. I actually forgotten that you drove you drove an S five thousand car too, yep. didn't you? What was that like? How did you find that from a difference between the Cup car and now you've driven a Gen three car? Where did that rate on the on the fun scale? Yeah, it's um, it's funny. Over the weekend, I was telling a lot of people that were asking me. It's almost really in the middle of a cup car and a supercar. I found the braking really similar to a cup car and how it likes to brake, but then it doesn't like to do more than one thing at once like a supercar. Um, Like, obviously, they're quite fast in relation to everything else in Australia, but, like, they've got a lot of downforce, um, but for what they are, they've got a Ligier F3 tub. They're still not really high downforce. Like, it's got a lot of front-end grip um, in the high speed. It doesn't have a proper rear diffuser and a proper floor on it. So you can follow cars quite closely. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're going through the slow speed corners, it still feels relatively like a proper car, not like a Formula car. So it was a relatively good weekend in building up and learning everything. Um, did we get the results we wanted to? Probably not quite. Um, we got caught up in a couple of in race one and three, um, which sort of hurt the weekend a little bit. But the pace was there and the car was good. So I believe we're going to do tail and bend in the same car in a couple of weeks' time. Um, So hopefully we can take what we've learned and what I've learned over the past week in the car and try and go out and get some good results. Um, Obviously, the main objective for me out of it to get more racing laps is Steve would know with yet that in Super 2 racing laps is really, really limited um, and you can't get a lot of testing either because of the limitations of how many days you can do but also how many tyres you have to use. So to go and race anything else, um, especially on a stage where with supercars, it's really good to mm-hmm. do that. Um, I found that last year it was really beneficial to, um, you know, be in and out of the car really, off, really, you know, frequently. So that's... Right been my objective especially leading into Sandown and Bathurst getting in as much seat time as I can so that I'm not coming out of a nine-week stint of not being in a car like I did into Townsville so it's been from what I can see so far really beneficial and hopefully we can um, put all of that into practice come Shailen Bend but then uh, Sandown and Bathurst especially. There you go Uh, mate before we let you go we've got to ask you about your co-driver, you're uh, another Perth boy, so you're a couple of good Perth lads. Jay Kostecki obviously had a, uh, I don't know, how would you call it, Stevie J, an unceremonious exit stage left out of supercars, I mm. suppose. And I think he's he's put his hand up that um, he's you know, it, probably, yeah. he, you know, he's open to mm. what happened at the gala night and all that kind of stuff. But uh, is he the sort of bloke, do you reckon, Aaron, that you can put your arm around and just go, just, just... 
cool your jets there, bloke. You got another second. You got a second chance here. Let's make the most of it. I, we don't know Jake very well, but uh, is he a good young fella? Yeah, he's a, he's a funny bloke, um, <laughs> as I'm sure a few people know up and down pit lanes. So we grew up together, you know, throughout karting and everything around in WA. But then also over in the eastern states, we ran out of the same tent with Troy Farley Racing. Um, right. So we know each other fairly well. And I think um, Jake's always been one to, you know, act and speak on his what he's thinking. So... That probably gets him in trouble a couple of times, but it's also good to know. Well, it certainly it's did once. Good to know. Yeah. It's also good to know that there's not going to be any BS or anything like that with him. So, yeah, I, yeah, can, I can definitely trust whatever he says is, is going to go. Um, so, yeah, I can't really speak for him, but I think, you know, most people that have been in a similar situation sort of come out of that situation two, three months later. They've been able to sit down and think about what they've done but even if it wasn't yep. the same situation and they've stepped back from the sport I think we've seen that with Ricardo lately they've been able to yep. step back take a breath and go oh, I was doing you know so much of it right but I was also doing a fair bit of it wrong so mm. yeah, yeah, I think come stand down he'll be you know the same Jake that we know but even though he hasn't been racing I feel like he'll you know the way he goes about things he would have, you know, been able to take a lot on board throughout the year so far. So, well, I tell I've you got one thing, all mate. All the trust in so far. If, if you're a good mate of his, you'll you you will put your arm around him and you'll say, one of the things you need to do for the endurance races is get rid of that horrendous wispy. <laughs> half-assed moustache that he's got running across the top lip there. He's got to get rid of that. He's either growing, he's got to grow it full Alan Border spec or he's got to, he's got to dump it because you can't go halfway with the muzzy, I reckon, Stevie J. I can't grow one. So I just, no, the same. I, I just go, you know, you don't run it, right? But I don't know. I, all I remember from Jake, obviously, is some of his great drives, his teeth and the moustache. We, we, we can't do anything with the teeth. Uh, but we're going to have to roll the mustache. But you're going to say him and his undies then. No, no. <laughs> no, that's right. He was shown on his undies. If you just, I've got to say to you, mate, Aaron, we're going to let you go. But um, you, you've got some fans because the big G's text in. He said, "Evening, gents. Finally able to listen live again. Hopefully, Aaron can fulfil his dream." So you got some folks out there that are in your corner, mate, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I still find it surreal. You know, when we're at the track and people come up and ask for a photo or a signature, even though I'm in Super 2 and things like that, and it's only yep. a couple of people over the weekend. I still find it weird um, having those people around, but, yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool to know that they're out there. Before. See, there you go. Here's another one, Nimsy, from Rob the Ranger in Camden. Have to admit, I didn't know much about Aaron Love before the wild card, but what a great interview. Seems to be very focused and a switched-on young man with a bright future. They're going to watch with He's going to watch with interest. Good on you, Rob. So there you go. As we say, Aaron, you, the people listen to the show, they uh, they do love a bit of new talent, and um, it seems like you've got some fans, so good for you. Yeah, thank you. Now, b- before we let you go, Aaron, I, I, as I was doing my research, uh, something popped across the, the old stat sheet that your old man uh, was a bit of a racer too. And Oh, yeah. Is it true that your old man first bought, his first race car that he bought was from Dick Johnson? Uh from my understanding, yeah, he was um, relatively good mates with Peter Brock. Um, and he said to him one day, because he always used to come over for a fishing trip in Perth, he goes, Lovey, you've always talked about wanting to race a race car, so why don't you you know, go and buy one? Um, 
his good mate Dick Johnson was selling one at the end of the year because um, he wasn't going to race it the year after. So I think that's all where it kind of started and that's where, you know, the racing, you know, took off in the family and it's, it's never really stopped since. <laughs> Jeez, I, funny, I, I hope your old man checked the compression on the engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're still good mates, so he mustn't have stitched him up. So it's, it's all good. He didn't sell it with a polarizer. <laughs> uh, Aaron, mate, uh, it's it's it must have been a, an absolute whirlwind twenty four hours for you, mate, because obviously the rumor mill would have been going up in the lead up to the Enduros when there was talk of a wild card. There was talk that you know you'd be teaming up with Todd at the Enduros. There'd be all this and that, and so now things. Are finally set in stone. You must be pretty stoked. But, mate, we'll let you go. And all the best for Sandown and Bathurst, and uh, all the best for the rest of the Super 2 season. And hopefully, this isn't the last Actually, time Nimsie, we Actually, just oh, yeah. quickly, double duties, too, by the way. So he's obviously uh, he's doing Super 2 and, and wildcard. the wildcard wild at Sandown and Bathurst. So That's big. He's, uh, mate, you better get to the gym, Ace. You're going to be pretty buggered by the end <laughs> yeah. of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, Tim keeps on hassling me. He reckons I'm going to be running, and out, running around like a hoodless. Headless chook, so it's um, yeah. it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's going to be fairly full on from what I can understand so far. So, yeah. but um, nah, really looking forward to the opportunity and taking everything on board. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you what, once you once you you'll be waiting to see that track schedule and where uh, and where your pit boom is. I can tell you that, mate. But um, uh, thanks for joining us, Aaron, and uh, all the best, mate. We'll chat to you soon. Thank you. Good to speak to you, boys. It's uh, been great being on the show.